welcome to the show, Ben. Oh, thank you, Marshall. <laughs> we're, we're, no problem. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to the podcast. We're Marshall and I. Hello. Join the show by swinging in on a vine. Is this a vine? Oh yeah, that's what we're doing. We are in a jungle. You're in the jungle, baby. You're gonna die. Oh, yep. Cool. Um, What's up? Did you just start singing Barracuda? Um, that might have been closer to what I was singing. I just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. It's all the same. Barracuda's uh, But welcome. Hey, welcome, welcome, everybody, to Ben and Marshall Do Podcast. It's the official podcast of The Great Scub Do, the YouTube channel that we hardly touch. Started putting these episodes back on there. I need to put the last one on there. Christmas special's not on there. I guess it's New Year's special now. Um, and it's the show where we talk about all kinds of stuff. We talk about movies that we love and sometimes like today we talk about movies that we do do we we don't know because neither of us have seen them yet yeah but we have well we, we have, have now seen them, but we yeah, didn't new movies before new movies new yeah. to us at the time yeah yeah now we're just so doing that's what we're doing reviews is what we're doing really nah well kind of i don't know i don't like the idea of being a movie reviewer because like, I feel like I watch a movie and I'm like, this is what I think of it. And then an hour later or a day later, I'm like, never mind. Yeah. Totally wrong. I yeah. messed that one up. I was incorrect. Especially when our review scale is yes or no. So I, th- I think it's kind of hard <laughs> to be a movie reviewer <laughs> when you, so, you say, insert movie, yes or no. You know, It's a little binary, but it works. I don't know. I think it forces you to make a choice. But today we are reviewing, uh, no we're not. We're looking at three movies. Maybe we'll say what we think of them, and you can think that's a review, but I disagree. But yes. uh, we're looking at three movies. We watched uh, the streaming mayhem of the holidays. We watched from HBO Max, Wonder Woman 84, from Disney+, Plus, Soul, and from Netflix, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Oh, I didn't even think that we hit all the... We covered a bunch of the streaming services. That's nice. Yeah, we did. That's so it's fun. It's a lot. We should have found something on Amazon. Yeah, we should really figure out a way to mooch off of each other's accounts or something. Yeah, it's as though I've given my HBO account to like everyone that I know. Yeah, wow. That's why you're ridiculous. Just, that's why you just just get your dad to pay for it, like me. Uh, my dad pays for Amazon uh, and Netflix and Disney Plus. So it's you got to pick up the slack somewhere. It evens out more or less. Yeah. Sure. Um, but yeah, we're gonna talk about those. But first, first we got the news. First we're gonna talk about the news. I don't. It's gonna be the news. And news. Here it is. Intro. I got three oh. pieces of news. Hit me with oh yeah, the do news. the intro. Intro news music here. Yeah. Go ahead, Marshall. Beautiful. That was beautiful. Thanks. I really liked that. Thank you. Um, not a big news week. I didn't really have anything that was that interesting. There was no Snyder cut news, which was oh, surprising. No. Usually Zack Snyder is out there saying bunch of nonsense but i didn't get any this is the worst thing to ever happen to me oh no i'm so sad i know how are you gonna live without little tidbits about the snyder cut no everything sucks i know but this is uh, i can help you out though here because i have other news that i think will cheer you up you're such a good newscaster you should think about doing this a living I'm the best. Everyone knows it. Everyone talks about it. Yeah. Uh, Creed 3. It is Whoa. a movie. It's happening. A trilogy. I didn't see Creed 2. I heard it was good. But this is the thing is that uh, Michael B. Jordan, who plays Creed, mm-hmm. is supposedly directing this movie. Supposedly directing uh, Creed 3. This There was rumors, and now it's been more or less confirmed by Tessa Thompson, who plays the love interest mm-hmm. in these movies. Um, it would be Michael B. Jordan's first 
directorial effort. Very and hopefully exciting. it'll be good. I don't yeah. know. The first Creed was really good. It kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't expect it to be the crazy good movie it was. Creed 2 I didn't see. Heard it was kind of a, the Rocky Four of this franchise. Like it went a bit more into the camp of it. Mm-hmm. But which, you know, and it's also about him fighting uh, Ivan Drago's grandson or something. Right, so, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More of the personal life. is very Rocky Four. Yep, yep, yep. <clears throat> yeah, what um, do you think of that? What do you think? Also, just, yeah, it's fun. Just Michael B. Jordan, I feel like <clears throat> every year gets, he gets better and better with age, like a fine wine. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's, yes. it, he's definitely grown a lot. Um, and it's, it's, it'll be exciting to see how, how he does that as a director. I feel like, I feel like every movie with Michael B. Jordan in it is, is better for it. I think, I can't yeah. think of a, a, a movie that I'm like, Michael B. Jordan, you were the worst in that movie. I don't know, or like, yeah, or like I don't the know if movie there was is worse one. because I think he's it's it's exciting for me to see him as a director. That's all I had to say about it. That's that'll be fun. I just looked up his IMDb mm-hmm. and I, I wrote Michael B. Jordan, but I wrote Michael B. E. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stupid. That's so funny. Michael oh, is being man. Jordan. Oh, Michael. He is being Jordan. Michael. Okay, ready? Well, yes cool. or no? Good the news. Sopranos. Good news. He's in The Sopranos. Oh. Did really? you love him in that? I did, I've not watched The Sopranos ever, so no. Me either. Cosby. Yep. Black and white. Is that the documentary about my hero, Bill Cosby? I really shouldn't say that. I really shouldn't say that. <laughs> nope. Ooh. I think that's the after the Cosby show, Cosby show. Uh, it was the thing that it was Here Comes Lucy. So uh-huh. I love Lucy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, don't know what Harbaugh is. Wallace in The Wire. That was great Wallace and heartbreaking. And Gr- Wallace and Gromit. That was really cool. Looks like he was a dead body in CSI at some point. Sweet. Um, uh, I've never heard of. Oh, he was in All My Children. Uh, never heard of Without a Trace. Never heard of Blackout. Never heard of Cold Case. Never heard. Oh, he was in an episode of Burn Notice. Don't know about Pastor Brown, The Assistants. He was in an episode of Bones, Law and Order. He was another dead body, I guess. Lied him. Well, he probably wasn't a dead body at that point. He's kind of getting up there. Friday Night Lights. He was in Gears of War Three. He was a voice. Parenthood. He was in Red Tails. Oh. That's unfortunate. Mm. Chronicle. I didn't remember he was in that. He was in an episode of House, Hotel Noir, County. Justice League, The Flashpoint Paradox, he voices Cyborg. That's cool. Fantastic Four, he was Johnny Storm, and then Creed, and then all the other stuff after that. I don't know, he's got a good track record. A yeah, lot of stuff that I didn't know up existed. I've been coming, I've been coming. <laughs> yeah, this new guy, never heard of yeah. him. Who is he? Yeah. He's in this little film called Black Panther, this little indie flick. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was. What's it, that even? He got a bunch of awards at that small film festival, but that was about it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That small Oscar festival. Yeah, yeah. Um, here's another thing. <laughs> yeah. What? Speaking of HBO. Whoa, speaking of Marshall's HBO. Marshall's bringing energy. He's bringing energy. What's up? I'm bringing it. Uh, so you remember? Did we talk about? We talked about their streaming plan and how they're going to bring everything day one, right? Did we talk about what? that? What? No. That might have been on the the before times of the show. I don't know, but HBO Max is doing this thing with Warner Brothers where all of their movies that they are oh. releasing in 2021. Yeah, we talked about that. They, that was like we talked ago. about, yeah, yeah we yeah, talked yeah. about theater or home or whatever. Yeah. So that is a thing they announced. Is that what they're calling it? Like, call- it has a amazing. name for it? I don't know. It's just movies are coming to HBO Max. Wow. Oh, okay. But maybe some are not is the thing. What? Pe- because the, what? the film industry was so upset about it? Yeah. So there, it was a weird thing because you have precedent for like Wonder Woman 84 
was going to be in theaters only, but then they moved it over to streaming. Right. But everyone, like Patty Jenkins, Gal Gadot, like all these people got heads up. They got extra compensation because of that and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It, for this, for all like Dune, Godzilla versus Kong, all these movies, no one was told. So uh... all of these filmmakers woke up like Denny Villeneuve, James Gunn, all these people wake up to the same news that all of us do. Yeah, that's and they're like, "What? Um, hold on, what?" Yeah, so suddenly you've got like Christopher Nolan, who's been in the news constantly lately for his various hot takes. Um, he came back immediately and criticized, like, "Well, come on, like." you got to tell people about this. You have to compensate them. You have to build this into a contract. You have to figure out what this is going to look like. And ultimately this is probably going to hurt theaters. Mm -hmm. So on, so forth. And then immediately everyone was like, well, dude, it's your fault. This is happening. Cause tenant bombed. So (laughs) (laughs) like, you can't have your cake and eat it too, pal. Like, what do you want to happen? Do you want people to enjoy the movies or do you want them not to? Yeah. Especially for the next, especially for the next year too. I mean, it's yeah. one thing. It's one thing well, to be it, making this argument in the summer, like if they were to if imagine COVID didn't happen and they were making this deal. That's one thing, but like that'd be nuts. Yeah, 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 yeah. It. I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the various vaccines that are coming out. They're all FDA approved and stuff. See how that affects COVID numbers and right. what goes on there. I don't know, man. Welcome, I don't know. Welcome to the future, a bit. Everybody in the film industry, you knew this day was coming eventually. You just didn't think yeah. it would be coming now. So. Well, here's the thing. I don't know whose side I'm on. Wonder here. Woman still made a chunk of change at the global box office. Right. So I think regardless, people are gonna go see these movies. I think that the thing that's the more of the concern is just the sequel potential mm-hmm. goes down significantly, especially for a movie like Dune, which has potential to be a huge franchise, except that it's made by Denny Villeneuve who exclusively makes incredible perfect movies that no one goes to see. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Uh, it's it's a confusing, weird issue. Yeah, definitely. Because they were planning a trilogy for that, and then but they they weren't uh, were funded they? past they weren't p- funded past the first one, maybe or maybe it was a two movie set. But they they haven't contracted out the next movie. I think I I have no idea. I'm all for seeing this as a yeah. You know, I want you know a cool new sci-fi thing. There's not enough just like full-on sci-fi stuff anymore everything just feels like star wars light mm-hmm. it seems like right and dune is like its own thing you know it's not star wars it's not star trek it's its own mm-hmm. there it is it's got its own set of ideas its set of concepts and stuff and you know, just you don't get that anymore except for in indie films at this point and half the time indie sci-fi doesn't have the budget to make it look right and to make like the cgi work yeah I don't I, know. It's, oh, this is I have to be... add something to my what you watching. Oh, you can do it, do it, do it. I think that it's it's difficult when, like I said earlier, it's this is going. This is the future. A problem of the future that was maybe accelerated by COVID, which is yeah, with increased, you know, with with the price of 4K televisions going down, with um, technology increasing at home, with internet speeds being able to be fast enough across the United States and much of the world to be able to stream at a high quality. Um, The death of the movie theater was coming, is coming, eventually. Um, 
at least in like the numbers we have them now, right? I don't think you'll lose um, having small screens in cities where they're showing indie films. Like I think there's yeah. enough support for that on its own. It's just what what are huge chains going to do? And I think it's a painful thing, especially as as people who enjoy watching certain movies on the big screen. But I don't go see every movie at the theater. I like pick certain things that I go see. So if Lincoln has one movie theater in it, two movie theaters, like I. Th- am okay with that or um something yeah i don't know it's it's just a hard it's like the death of renting movies like i have nostalgic memories of going to blockbuster and renting three dvds and watching them over the weekend but Mm -hmm. i was a part of the problem i I stopped going to blockbuster i streamed and i went to redbox and you know i i never stopped i had a blockbuster express membership did you really yeah i did my goodness yeah yeah. we it'd be worth it for for renting now like being able to if i could go rent 4k uhd dvds and not have to purchase them myself like maybe mm. i maybe i do that but i don't know it's it's a, yeah. it's a weird thing and i don't know how to feel about it i yeah. love well, movie i feel theaters. like the average consumer doesn't really care about movie theaters as much anymore mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i am someone who really really enjoys the theater experience i yeah. went and saw tenet in the mm-hmm, theater mm-hmm. and i don't think it was an incredible movie but just like the I I love going to the theater and it's you know you're going to see a show. I like, haven't even it's gotten just on to see what's showing. Something right special now. about it. You keep talking. Probably nothing. Um, but yeah, we should probably keep rolling. Yeah, we should keep. Rolling. Um, because you got to bounce it like six twenty. You said. Yeah, in like an hour. Okay. 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 Um, the next piece of news. I just saw this just now. Mm-hmm. Don't know that I have much to say about it, but mm-hmm. uh, there's a Rubik's cube movie in development. Ooh, how do you feel about that? I don't understand it. <laughs> What's the main? Is the main character a Rubik's cube? Is it Mr. Rubik I, himself? I, Who's I the main character? I don't know that we have any information about it. Really, I, I my like, it couldn't be like a Wreck It Ralph, right? Or or a Lego Movie or the have Emoji you seen a Trailer, movie, right? No, all we know is that it exists. I believe you would think, right? The logical belief would be that this is a movie about like the creator of the Rubik's cube mm-hmm. or something or about a, a Rubik's cube competition. But what, but, but why, who, who wants it? The amount of steps and difficulties and red tape that it takes to get a pitch green lit. Some of the times the stuff that I hear, like, you know, the emoji movie, the Rubik's cube movie, uh, what, how when there's so many <laughs> there's so many ideas out there so many interesting unique ideas so many cool screenplays and scripts by indie people screenwriters directors and this is the stuff that gets made because it's somehow i don't know is it's you know by definition it's toyetic but like i don't know i don't want to talk about this anymore it's okay we can move on <laughs> <laughs> moving on wait that was the last piece um, of news and now and that was now, apartment um, news um, yeah no oh. no now a moment of silence for what? For apartment news. Oh no, it's it's not a sad thing. If you didn't listen to our last episode, oh, uh, yeah. our Christmas special, we have retired apartment news in uh, memory of our former co-host, my former co-host Ben, uh, as opposed to my current co-host Ben. Mm-hmm. He is not dead, uh, but to the podcast, he is. So, <gasps> oh, um, sorry. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> That just reminded me of something dying in the news. I don't want to backtrack too much, but Adobe Flash what? is dead. 
No more oh, Adobe yeah, Flash, that's dude. That's Speak- crazy, huh? That is crazy. I think that fits within the the realm of of conversation in this podcast. No more Adobe oh, Flash. Nice. No more all those nostalgic Adobe videos that people made. Cool math. Growing up on YouTube, on YouTube, you salad fingers or uh, or uh, strong bad videos or <laughs> um, so good, so much, so much uh, in early internet now dead. Yeah. So if you have well, Adobe Flash, a moment of silence. It is oh, for, for, uh, for apartment, apartment news apartment and, news and and Adobe Flash. Flash player. Yep. Yep. R.I.P. This is really good radio. Okay, are we done now. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, so okay. On to the right into it. On to the movies. Yeah, we have a really big slate today. Yeah. Uh, just like streaming had a really big slate this holiday season. Uh, Wonder Woman eighty four and Soul came out on Christmas. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom came out a little bit before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, these were all huge uh, successes for the various streaming services. Despite you know reviews one way or another for the various movies, we'll get into that on our own time. I want to start with Wonder Woman 84, then go to Soul, then Ma Rainey. Do you have any problems with that? Or that is A-OK with moi. Okay. Wonder Woman 84. Um, what, what do you think the story was? Give me the broad strokes. Broad strokes of story? Um, Absolute broadest was, strokes. Let's, let's, let's make a Wonder Woman that is m- more nostalgic, uh, but also not. And then... Um, we'll pre- we'll we'll pretend like we have some depth and overarching storyline. Um, um, but there's a powerful a powerful rock, and it grants you it grants you whatever you wish for, anytime you wish it, unlimited wishes. What we've well, always you get one wanted. wish from the rock. Oh, I thought it was unlimited wishes. Oh, my no. dog! My dog has just entered the room. Go away! <laughs> I don't want you here. Uh, one w- wish from the rock. Um. But what if you wish to become The Rock and you become Dwayne The Rock Johnson? No, you don't then do you that. Then you can talk about how you're going to beat up Superman in the Black Adam movie that's yeah. never going to get made. Um, and and then the plot line drags on for a while. Um, yeah. And this re- is a very long movie. Yeah, it feels and it feels like it too. <laughs> I didn't know going in. Th- this I think this movie is like two hours and forty six minutes. Really, woman, runtime. Two hours and twenty. Oh no, no, that's the first one. The first one was two hours yeah. and twenty nine. Um, what? Yeah. Uh, Nineteen eighty four. Patty Jenkins didn't write that one, so. Uh, runtime one hundred and fifty one minutes. What is that? <laughs> Computer, two. what's one hundred and fifty one divided by sixty? Two thirty one. Two hours and thirty one minutes. Yes. It's so long. Yeah. This is computer stop. This computer stop. Okay. So basically the movie is Wonder Woman is now in the eighties. She's mm-hmm. sad because Steve Trevor's dead. Yeah. She still hasn't gotten over him since World War One. R.I.P. After knowing him for a month and a half or something. Hey, sometimes love is strange. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know all kinds of different things happen. She comes into conflict with Ma- conflict conflict with Maxwell Lord, mm-hmm. who wants this uh, magical stone to grant all of his wishes. He wishes to be the stone, so then she has to stop him and get the whole world to recount these wishes because it's like the monkey's paw, and if you make a wish, 
it uh, <laughs> takes something away from you. Right. So whatever that is, it's whatever is most valuable to you, whatever that means. Um, I, I, I like this movie more than I don't. Hmm. I just had a. Go sorry. Go ahead. I I just had a fun time with it. Mm -hmm. Like I was watching it, and I I, it felt a lot like the classic Richard Donner Superman movies Mm -hmm. for a good section of it and mm-hmm. then at different parts it tried to be a bit more serious and it didn't really work mm-hmm. um but the stuff that like felt like old classic superman stuff where it was just not really taking itself very seriously it almost had like a sam raimi feel to it with how like campy it was mm-hmm. i thought that worked really really well it was certainly different from the first movie which was more of like a serious drama but I think that it worked great, and I had a lot of fun with it. And I, I, I haven't been like swept up in a superhero fantasy like that mm-hmm. in a long time. Mm. So that I enjoyed. There's certainly a lot of questionable things, plot-wise and story-wise, that happen. Uh, that you could, I don't know. I think overall. I just had a good time with it. I don't think it's great, mm-hmm. but I just had fun. I think if you I were looking for a winter movie to watch, like feeling like you're watching a new blockbuster that's coming out, I think it was fine. I don't know. It was entertaining yeah. and enjoyable if you're not trying to. I think for many people who watch it who don't try to overanalyze it, um, it was a fine enough movie. I don't know. It didn't knock your socks yeah. off. I also think it didn't like. <sighs> How do I it describe didn't really try this? anything. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, it also didn't really, like, it didn't, it, I saw what they were going for. I think the concept of it was really great. I think I think it turned into a slower paced 80s movie that, I don't know, like, the, the, I don't think it hit enough of the nostalgia buttons for me in terms of, like, yeah. like, a, like watching an old Wonder Woman tv episode or i think maybe they were Mm -hmm. trying to go for that but it just didn't it didn't hammer home all the way i I don't know i saw what it was going for it was close yeah the first half hour or so of the movie i felt that um like the mall the mall fighting scene was fun um yeah and i don't know i think just it wasn't all there for me for whatever reason so I think there was one too many opening scenes. There was one too many villains, and there was one too many plot lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't need this big weird Olympics thing. Just go straight to the go straight to the mall. The Olympics thing lasts a really long time, mm-hmm. and the lesson that we're supposed to get from that is just cheating is bad. Yes, like it which okay. which doesn't ever really come back in the movie except it for ki- maybe. It kind of does because Max Lord's whole thing is that he's trying to cut corners by becoming the stone, right? And getting all these wishes and stuff, but it doesn't really. But you it don't doesn't really present itself that you well. You don't see that in the Wonder Woman character at all. It's no. I wish there was more internal movement as a character, like character arc wise throughout the movie. It which it never really does that. Yeah. Um, a soundtrack because by Hans Zimmer, very good. I thought. I don't know. I don't know. I think the first one had a lot of cool, interesting musical ideas. I don't remember who composed it. It wasn't Hans Zimmer. 
But mm. th- and this one, they get Hans and they more or less just throw out all of that music and all of those themes. And mm-hmm. he goes back to this stuff that he made for Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. They even, they used music from the movie Sunshine at one point. Mm. Just weird. Weird mm. old sci-fi Danny Boyle movie. Mm-hmm. Very bizarre. Um, I don't know. I didn't think it stuck out to me that much. There, I, uh, it's a confusing, baffling movie because I had so much fun with it, mm-hmm. but I also look back at it and I see so many strange things mm-hmm. that are just weird and concerning. Like Steve Trevor comes back to life, right? Because mm-hmm. she makes her wish. And he comes back to life not just as himself, right? He's not just back. Right. He comes back in someone else's body. And that doesn't really have an impact on any part of the movie at all. Mm-hmm. It's just this is the form in which he's back, which then enters into these weird questions of she's they're engaging in sexual activities with this man's body who is not consenting to this. He's like he's being possessed by a dead pilot from World War One. And, like, that's a weird, ethically murky story plot that is completely unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Like, you can just bring back Steve Trevor, and there he is. Well, especially and when then it's have, made extra especially weird. Especially when the big, the big item for the whole movie is magic crystal that grants wishes. If that's the wish you want, yeah. it, it already breaks the rules of science. So don't, like, create a construct within that that makes it more confusing like just bring it back <laughs> if that's your wish just do it because you already have this magic yeah. rock that does whatever you want so it's like it's so strange I don't know. and i've seen the argument that it's like well it's another it's a moral uh a query for her that if she keeps steve trevor forever and, and and just gives up her powers then she uh then she's making this man's life she's basically killing this guy it's like i don't think wonder woman needs more motivation to give up her wish than saving the world from destruction Mm-hmm. Like that is, and th- that's another criticism I've seen a lot of this movie is that the first one very much was like a girl power feminism, like y- strong but female done, character. T- and I think it did it very, very well. Yeah, right. Yeah, right, as opposed yeah. to Captain Marvel, which just screams at you the whole time, she's a woman yes. and she can beat you up. 100%. Just yes. like, I get it. Or even it's like fine. First Wonder Woman versus, versus Justice League, where just, yeah. I don't know, where oh, the portrayal of, uh, I know. But then the problem with this one is you get this weird backtracking of the whole movie hinges on her relationship with this man that she's known for like two months that she hasn't been able to get over for decades and decades. hundred, a couple, like how long? Yeah. Like 50, 40, 60, 70, 80, 90, Uh, a long time. Yeah. 70 years. Yeah. Like the whole, that is her whole character arc is I am not going to let go of this man. Mm-hmm. And the whole, I don't know, it just doesn't make sense to me. Right. There's literally a scene where she's at a restaurant by herself before Steve is brought back to life. And there's all these couples and there's uh, it's all lovey-dovey. And she's sitting at this table and the waiter comes over and he's like, are you waiting for someone? And she says, no, just me. And then he very slowly takes away the other placement <laughs> at the table <laughs> while she just watches it's yeah. like, oh, and it's like, my yeah. gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. They just lay it on so thick. Um, Final thought for me. Um, I am curious how much longer the 80s theme lasts in, in, in movies and in pop 
culture things, I, I I think we're on the tail end of it, which I think is maybe one final criticism for me. Um, is yeah. just that I think the the 80s nostalgia is like slowly dying and you know stranger things kind of kicked us off in that direction of like 70s 80s ideas um and there's just a lot of graphic design 1980s references that um i think it's we're finally to the point of i think i'm a little tired of it i i really like the 1980s i like movies from the 1980s i like pop culture from the 1980s um but i think i think this may have been the final thing for me of like okay i think i'm I think I'm done with the 1980s for a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. And see, I I agree. I I'm really at this point tired of any kind of like fish out of water story, uh-huh. and I'm tired of any kind of like it's. Look at how wacky and silly the 80s were. <laughs> look at the crazy outfits. But I will say, I think that Steve Trevor was the best part of this movie, mm. and I think that that like this the fashion montage is the most stereotypical thing they could possibly have done. Mm-hmm. And it was one of my favorite parts of the movie. And mm-hmm. I think that he acted that fish out of water thing so well. Uh-huh. Like, right. <laughs> I don't think of Chris Pine as this heavy hitter, but he's just like, yeah, I, he just knocked this one out of the park for me. Yeah. That's awesome. So Pedro Pascal. I was about to Pedro say Pedro Pascal. Oh gosh, I forgot about uh, Pedro Pascal not in a Dude. voice acting role. Um, super fun. I actually got to see his face, you know, no helmet on this whole movie. He, so, Dude, he's playing basically donald trump in this movie like he's got the hair and he's got the business suits and stuff and he does it so sympathetically Mm -hmm. it's it's amazing and it's he's not he's doing this insane overacting and it's on purpose and it works and it's so fun just watching him chew the scenery like at the beginning when he shows up at the Smithsonian and he's just like <laughs> messing around yeah. with uh, Kristen Wiig. It's so stupid, yeah. but it's so fun. Yeah. But then they tie it all together at the end with him and his son and it just works. Mm. Like this has been the year of Pedro Pascal as a father. Like choose your genre of father Pedro Pascal. Do you want... The your Netflix Pedro Pascal father, where he's in the the Shark Boy Lava Girl movie. Do you want that one, or do you want the HBO Max one, where he's Max Lord, or do you want the Disney Plus one, where he's the Mandalorian? Which which Disney, yeah. <laughs> which which dad Pascal do you want? Yeah, that's the question of the yeah. year. I just rewatched uh, last year. I guess I just watched rewatched some Game of Thrones with a buddy and Pedro oh, Pascal yeah. also in Game of Thrones. So that was quite fun for me as well. Just this week, so I was like, whoa, lots of Pedro <laughs> Pascal this week. He's got some he's, he's got so some good. chops. I'll say it. Um, He's a cool. Well, so Marshall, at the end, 1984, Wonder Woman, 1984, yes or no? Yes. Okay. I. That was I too will enthusiastic. Say, I, I say yeah. Oh, okay. I was gonna say mine was gonna be a less enthusiastic yes, but yeah, why not? It's yeah. it's fun. You like the first <laughs> one? Do you like Wonder Woman? Do you like the still like 1980 stuff? Yeah, go for it. It's it's winter time. It's a blockbuster. Yeah. It takes it takes you to a different world for a little bit during COVID. I think we're going to need yeah. some more of that to get through the spring until we can kind of get through vaccination season here coming up. Um, it was an enjoyable enjoyable getaway. <laughs> um, and would I go back and rewatch it soon? No, not really. But Probably not, um, no. Man, it was long, though. Yeah. I yeah. could not believe it. I was blown away by the length of this thing. So that's a um, double yes, a double yes on Wonder Woman. Double yes. So uh, up next, uh, HBO Max gets a go. 
Yay, yes. Go. Now Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Uh, Soul. Soul. Um, I love this movie. I love this movie. Good. I liked it good. a lot. There's yeah. Oh, there's so many bits and pieces. How about you? You, I have a disjointed things to talk about that I loved about it. Um, you can go ahead and start talking about the plot while I close my door because I think there's people walking around in the hallway and I don't want my mic to pick it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, Soul, uh, Jimmy Fox plays a guy whose name I don't remember at the moment, <coughs> who is a um, a jazz musician in New York, and he's. Uh, wanting to be the big jazz guy, but he's always not making the big breaks or whatever. And he finally, he's a band teacher at this point, a middle school band teacher. And he's like, oh, I don't want to do this. This is dumb. And he gets the big break and he's so excited for the gig. And then he dies. So then he has to go and help uh, a soul that has been tried to be helped by millions and hundreds of thousands of different famous you know genius big minds great people of the of the world of of history to find their spark and that's the final piece that you need of your little you know dial as a soul to get sent to earth and she's just played by tina fey and she's very ornery so no one's been able to help her nobody and all the that's greatest this all the guy's, greatest people in history haven't been yeah able and to that's give this her, guy's uh, job mm-hmm. so and it's like he's not that's not his actual job like he's supposed to just go to the great beyond and be you know dead in heaven or whatever that is in this world but then he like escapes and ends up here and kind of tricks them into becoming a mentor like this yes, uh, it's only which like makes the- you wonder what happened to that psychiatrist guy where is he at <laughs> yeah no, yeah because because he, <laughs> he 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 takes somebody else's job and pretends to be somebody else and gets because he was supposed to be some great person in his life yeah. and then ends up with her um they join they 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 both end up escaping and going down to earth to get back into his body the then then plot thickens as he accidentally ends up in a therapy cat um and the soul that he is with ends up in his body um so she begins to kind of live his life as they try to get swapped back into their appropriate places Um, yeah so really fun movie. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. I think it's kind of slow for okay. the first however much of it. I think it, it really for me kicked off when they got back to Earth. Mm-hmm. And that's when the plot really started moving forward for me. Is up to that point it felt like it was all set up and mm-hmm. it seemed like it took a really long chunk mm-hmm. of the movie to get to that point mm-hmm. to where like this movie's spark is all about uh Jamie Foxx's character whose name I can, can't remember. Um, trying to get back to Earth by helping her get the thing, her spark, which then she's oh, going to give Gardner him the ticket. Joe Gardner, that's right. Uh-huh. Um, I liked it a lot, and, and when it got back to that point, like it started touching on a lot of themes that I kind of encounter a lot in life. With like, uh, like I'm a in charge or more or less of b- the building of Berean when I'm working, like I'm responsible for making sure that church happens, that ministries have what they need and everything. (coughs) But at the end, like a big part of what I do is like janitorial stuff and like that. So I do, I kind of sometimes struggle with the like, well, this isn't some like huge great endeavor or something, Mm -hmm. which is a lot of like, you watch this movie and the whole time it's just Joe being like, 
if once I get this big thing, once I get this big thing, my whole life's going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And then he gets the big thing, and he's like, "Well, I thought it'd be different. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I thought it'd be you know more exciting than this." Right. So, so the 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 big piece of the movie is that the spark. The whole time you think they've made it. They've set it up to make you think that the spark that each of these souls needs is for them to find their passion, for them to find yeah. the one thing that they love. So like they're in this like pre pre heaven pre pre world where the souls are growing up and getting ready to inhabit bodies, and so these mentors are showing them around and being like, "Here, here's a bakery shop. Do you like baking? Or here, here's here's the football. Do you like playing catch? And here's the thing. Mm-hmm. And and all the souls they figure out something they love and they're like, "Yeah, yes, like this is I love baking." And then they're like oh i got my spark i'm I'm good to go um so the whole time you're being led to believe that he or joe gardner needs to help um 22 <laughs> find find her spark find the thing that she loves that she will go to earth and will be her passion the thing you were meant to do essentially like like you grow up and you say ah i was meant to i, I feel like my soul was meant to be a football player or i was meant to be yeah. a teacher or whatever right um and so the whole time, Joe Gardner is saying, or Jamie Foxx's character is saying, I was meant to play the piano. I was made to play the piano. This is this is what my soul was made for. Um, and so my big break of being a professional pianist is like my spark. That's the thing. And now I've hit the pinnacle of that. And just as I just as I met the famous saxophone player who's going to have me tour with her, I've I've peaked. And as soon as that happens, I died. And so I never got the chance for my soul to do what it was made to do. Um, And so that's what you discover. And and as the movie goes, as she inhabits his body, they they start to encounter all these bits and pieces of life. Um, And her never experiencing 22, never experiencing life on earth. um, She starts to notice all these great things like how a slice of pizza tastes or um, seeing two friends talking or a dad and a daughter across the street or watching one of those little maple seed helicopters, you know, land in her hand and all these little moments. And, and what you realize by the end of the movie as she gets her spark is that it's not the thing you were made to do, but it's rather like your spark is like loving life or enjoying life or like the little things that make life meaningful, like friends or, or taste of food or whatever. The TV show friends. Yeah. The TV show friends. (laughs) That's what I was made for. You know, the things that make life meaningful. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That make it worth it. Um, Yeah. So what I love about this movie is that um, in the end, right, the whole time he's he's a a jazz teacher at a public school, um, Mm -hmm. and you think like, oh, no, you're not meant to go tour. Like the good thing for you to do is to like throw the tour out the window and be like, no, kids, I'm going to help you find your passions in love life. Or whatever, like that's like what you're like. Oh, classic Disney. It's gonna he's gonna give that up. And the movie ends as he's walking out the door. He has his body back. They he's granted granted another chance at life. Um, mm. And he's walking out the door, and it ends. And and so it doesn't yeah. it doesn't ever resolve for you. It doesn't tell you he he actually throws the tour out the window and he goes and bees with the kids because he helps them find their spark. That's not like the moral of the story that or like for all we know he could have gone and gone on the tour because he realized that he loved life and that was what he was made to do or whatever. But so so the thing he had to overcome was realizing all the little things in life that he was he was so preoccupied with his getting to his dream that he missed loving life around him and all the little things. Yeah. So I love that about the movie that it didn't it didn't have a it left you hanging on not knowing what it's going to do because that wasn't the point of the movie which i thought was and awesome. they do the same thing with 22 you don't really mm-hmm. know what her spark is you don't know what mm-hmm. 
filled in the the circle. It just right. happens, and they're like, "Oh, all right, yeah." And and as her soul, like after she gets her spark, after she goes to Earth to to inhabit a body, um, her soul is like heading in the direction of China, which I thought was really fun. That it's like, oh, it whole, is, this, yeah, uh huh. So this whole time you're assuming like, oh, she's like it's placed in New York. She's gonna be American, and like she's going to like a mm-hmm. different country. So it's like, oh, like these souls that they were with the whole time are going to like different parts of the the planet, the Earth, yeah. and like the whole time in my head I was picturing her as you know white woman i guess she's voiced by a white woman but like this 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 thing is going to a different country and won't even speak english or you know whatever which i thought was kind of interesting um i also really liked the the mystic scenes were really fun that there's this idea that like there's people who can kind of connect with connect with something spiritual or something other than this earth and like they're like mystics and they they go to like thin places where these these moments where earth is like very close to being like in the spiritual realm and for Mm -hmm. joe gardner it was when he was playing piano and and he kind of loses himself in what he's doing and it cuts to all these different people who they get lost in the thing that they're doing that's like their passion like figure skating or playing an instrument or acting or whatever their thing is in that like in those moments that you're like almost in a spiritual realm and that some people are able to like tap into that which i thought was fun to the idea that yeah. regular people can tap into that and like the the main guy who kind of leads these mystics is like a sign twirler on the corner of new york and that's how he connects with the yep. spiritual realm which i thought was quite fun um what else did i love about this movie there's so many good things um i think yeah. it was i, think I it thought was, it was interesting it was fun the when she goes into her little hideout you can see all these stickers uh, like my name is and it's all these different mentors and stuff mm-hmm. and if you pause you can read like a lot of those names I don't speak the different languages that some of them were written in mm-hmm. but like one that I thought was really cool one inclusion was Jack Kirby like front and center nice who was like the king of comics like created the modern look of comic books created all of DC's new gods and uh-huh. uh, Mr. Miracle and Big Barda and Darkseid and all, all of that stuff so it's like that's a cool little inclusion that you wouldn't yeah. expect to see mm-hmm. in a mainstream thing that's cool. Jack also, yeah, King all these Kirby. people that have passed on and like are like acknowledged there as like somebody who <laughs> has tried to help another yeah. soul or impacted another soul. Yeah, that's cool. Um, oh, there was one last piece that I really loved. Um, oh shoot! Oh, I thought the the barbershop scene was pretty cool. Um, where yeah. that was kind of where where you kind of start to discover that like the spark isn't always like what you thought it might be um, as they're talking to the, the barber. And he's like, Oh no, I like, I never wanted to be a barber. And like, this is just like what I started doing because I had to, and I like love it. And here's the reasons that I love it. And so I think that reminds me of what you were saying yeah. kind of about like campus ops, like not necessarily the job that I envisioned as like the thing that gives me life. But like, if I slow down and, and focus on the things I appreciate about it, like, the barber like i get to talk to people and like hear their stories and all this stuff like mm. you can find your spark in everything that you're doing which i thought was which i thought was super awesome and then you can retake cybertron what with the all spark <laughs> optimus prime liam neeson liam neeson isn't that who voices optimus prime no who voices optimus prime it's, uh in my head i immediately thought peter cullen i don't oh. know if that's true it's the same guy that's always done it what the same dude who did it in the cartoon oh, peter cullen i guess oh yeah i, yeah, I could have right. swore it was liam neeson who's liam neeson voice nope. in transformers 
probably like somebody. Leonard Nimoy voices Galvatron, which is kind of oh. weird. Whatever. Oh, yeah. Wow, I yeah. didn't realize John, that. Uh, John, 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 you know, John. What? John. I don't know where you're going with this. You know, the one in the movies, John. Seen, big, furry, uh, big furry tail. No, you can see this one. He's got a big furry blue tail and purple spots. John. What? John Goodman. John. <laughs> oh, you mean Sully? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean John Goodman. Sully is a pilot who landed a a, a plane on the Hudson. No, you're you're. It's the miracle on the on the on, 30, wings on 34 or on 22nd Street. Monsters on 2030 Street. <laughs> Um, it's my favorite holiday. We're talking about soul. Movie. We're talking about soul, Marshall. I was, I was into it. I was in the zone. That's about all I had to say. Well, it was fantastic. I had to break I, you out of the zone. Like twenty two. It, it was fantastic. Oh, um, oh, circle. <laughs> um, everybody should go watch it. I liked it um, better than Inside Out. I thought Inside Out was fine. Oh, easily. I thought it was a lot easily. better than Inside Out. I was not impressed by Inside Out. The latest, all the latest uh, Pixar movies, I haven't really cared about. Oh, okay. I didn't Inside Out. I thought this is fine, mm-hmm. and I'd probably never watch it again. And I haven't. It's because you I would don't watch like this emotions. again in a heartbeat. Yeah, I would watch this again. Yeah, definitely. I hate emotions. You're right. I, would, I, would, <laughs> I, would, I just don't really I was, care about I was Amy deeply moved, anymore. And I think it was. I think within COVID and this winter, people have had a chance to kind of assess the what they're doing with their lives. And I mean, yeah. some people literally have been laid off and, um, I don't know. There's been like a lot of introspection for people as, as life has slowed down a bit and they've stopped doing all the busy things that they were always busy with. And they've been like, mm-hmm. huh, like as I've slowed down, like what is meaningful in life and what am like, what is worth living for? And, um, is my job fulfilling or is it not? Or what is fulfilling in life? And I think that this movie was really extra impactful because of COVID and like within, yeah. within the scheme of COVID, I think soul was more impactful. And I think it touched a lot of people um, in powerful ways as they've said, Oh, like these are the little things that I've appreciated in COVID or like waking up and, and going and getting coffee and like, maybe calling a friend or like being with family or all these little things that I think, I think soul yeah. encapsulates in the movie. So everybody should go watch it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yes or no. Big double thumbs up. Yes. Whoa. Me too. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. So if okay. you had to choose between wonder woman or soul, watch soul. It's, it's definitely for, not for the, for the I'll young agree. children, not for the young children. Uh, it's uh yeah i don't know the, the kids would love it so much definitely the 16 to 38 year old crowd i'd say yep. is kind of who it targets you uh, you barely recommended it over wonder woman that's interesting yeah are you ready for the next one yeah let's do it next movie ma rainey's black bottom this is a netflix film it is an adaptation of a play by august wilson mm-hmm. it is the second adaptation uh of august wilson's work that is being produced by Denzel Washington, who is producing all of his plays for uh, the screen. The first one being Fences, which I have not seen, but I want to see because it looked really good, mm-hmm. and I think it won all the Oscars. Mm. But um, actually, I think that it didn't win Best Picture that year, and it, people so. were like, what? I don't remember. Um, but this movie, basically, based on a true story, more or less, um, 
or based on you know a real person. I don't know the the validity of the actual events that happen here necessarily, mm. but um, blues singer, mother of the blues, as she's often called, Ma Rainey. Uh, it, this whole thing is kind of a bottle movie, and it, it plays off of this whole the the band coming together to do a recording session in you know white Chicago, and that's kind of that's the whole thing. And it's like I didn't know when I went into it that it was based on a play, that it was an adaptation of a play. Mm-hmm. And like five minutes in, to five minutes into the, like the actual story and plot, not like the whole prologue section with the newspapers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Five minutes in, I'm like, this is blocked like a theater show. Mm-hmm. Like this feels like theater. The like the dialogue feels like theater. Mm-hmm. And I looked it up and I was like, oh, this is written by prolific playwright August Wilson. Right, 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 right. And then I understood. And I feel like I I I liked it more knowing that. Hmm. I feel like it, if I didn't know that it was an adaptation of a play, I would have had a harder time with it. Uh-huh. Because it is a pretty direct adaptation, it feels like. Because movies do not work the same way as theater does. Mm-hmm. This movie is not action. It's not right. like set pieces. It's not big events or anything. Mm-hmm. This is an hour and a half of conversations. Right. And they're really, really enthralling. And mm-hmm. really, like, the performances in this are incredible. This is Chadwick Boseman's last role that he ever took. And I think that it might be his best. Yeah. Holy cow, he's good at this. Yeah. I mean, everyone's good at this. Uh, is it, it's Viola Viol- Davis. Viola is, Davis. Uh, Ma Rainey, right? Ma Rainey, yeah. yep. Mm-hmm. My yeah, gosh. even just the supporting cast as well. Like the band members, um, I think do mm-hmm. a really, really fantastic job as well. The dialogue, like accent slash like writing, is super, super fantastic. Of yeah. like those conversations within like a 1927 conversation felt really original and real. Um, yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't feel like I was ever taken out of 1927. It always felt like it fit within 1927. Um, yeah. which I thought was fantastic. I, I really liked the fact that it used like three main sets, like set locations. It was like music room streets and then like recording studio. And those yeah, were like it. the three major scene locations, but mostly it was like music room and recording studio, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was, was really neat um, just to kind of go between those locations and like really felt like you were, in the conversations in in those places um mm-hmm. there's a lot of tension and character development just it, it reminds me of like in a similar way that like 12 angry men is just conversations of guys in yeah. in a room and that's you're just watching that develop it feels kind of like that in terms of like a single set kind of mm. kind of was movie. 12 angry men a play first as well because i know it, it, it definitely has been adapted to the stage since I don't know. That's a fun. It fact seems like something that could have started out that As way. A play. Yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. I don't know. That's a someone in the audience go look it up and leave a comment on the Instagram somewhere. That'd be yeah. good. Um, yeah, this movie is just. Yeah, super. It is so. It's intense. It's very intense. It's very like there's Chadwick Boseman has a really really great monologue all about like how like really he monologues. like he can you know he knows how to handle the white man and mm-hmm. like all of this stuff about how mm-hmm. like he, this horrible, horrific uh, childhood that he had that may, has brought him to where he is now. And yeah, um, th- which ultimately doesn't end up being, you know, 
true to what he believed about himself right by the end there um, which man that was a that can we talk about that what a when he stabs Toledo in the back right the, I like literally I, I gasped I uh, jaw dropped yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah I have I don't know that I've ever been like mouth agape but when that happened I was just like it uh, my jaw dropped Right, and I stayed that way for the rest of the scene, and I wasn't like I was in it. Yeah, and I was like, yep, 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 yep. "What yeah. is happening?" Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even more so, especially after being like two or three scenes after him running around threatening, um, uh, what's his name with a knife? Uh, oh shoot, what's um, his character's name? Something with a C. Oh uh, yeah, why am I thinking Carhartt? It's not Carhartt. Uh, Oh man! Cass, anyway, um, that oh gosh, gosh, Cutler, 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 Cutler. Yeah. Yes. Um. Also, like within that, I think Chadwick Boseman performing those scenes where he was at stage wise with cancer. Um. Especially yeah. that scene where he's running around questioning God and like God's goodness and God's sovereignty. I thought was super powerful. Mm-hmm. And I mean that that whole dialogue scene got kicked off by like talking about death um which was interesting um yeah i like i want to speak on it um in a by acknowledging that i i don't have the experience of of people of color and black americans in sure the united states but like there's racial inequality and injustice themes throughout the entire movie, which I thought it did super well. And I think makes you in a tasteful way, question justice and question, um, you know, the history of black people in American society. Um, especially Mm. with just the emphasis on like the whole movie is obviously centered around a blues singer. So like the blues as a African-American history for coming from slaves from Africa um, yeah. within in its influence in the United States. And like you see kind of a blend of there's the blues there, but then there's also Chadwick Boseman's character as the lead trumpet player, uh, Levy as the, the lead trumpet player. He wants to, you know, experiment with some more like dancing and jazz type music, which is also like very influential in modern American music. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, at the end of the movie, Chadwick Boseman's writing these songs and, he wants to also get them uh, recorded by this by the publishers or by like the recording studio, um, who are they're all white men who are running this this uh, production studio, um, and mm-hmm. it's like Ma Rainey's producer. Or I can't remember what his name is. Her manager. Manager. Um, so it's like this tension between like them, the managers and the producers, making all the money off of this black band and like the injustice between those and like them wanting to kind of yeah. just use their culture to make money um and viola davis has like a really good monologue that she, whole thing she and does and just you like question, as like, long as i haven't given them what they want as long as i haven't done their recording they got to do whatever i want them to because yeah. they can't get what i have anywhere else and that's like it's also like her experiencing like power and control for the first time in her life like compared to yeah you like american society um, but in the end, like Levy or Chadwick Boseman's character is writing this music and in the final scene, um, 
or the, the the scene that leads to Levy stabbing um, Toledo in the back, right, is he gets kind of worked by this producer who says, eh, actually the music that you wrote isn't what everybody wants to listen to. Like we kind of, we, we played it and it doesn't sound like what we want it to. Um, and yeah. so for the first time, Levy isn't in control. He wasn't able, like he said the whole time he could kind of control like white people by like, by, you know, saying yeah, he yes, thinks sir, he has the no, same sir. like level of talent as Ma Rainey. That yeah. he's, he's got this prowess that he's able to just like, well, if they just they want what I have, and if they can't get it, then that's too bad. And when he, realizes, but at the same time, he's giving them exactly what they want, like yeah. to the letter. Exactly, they're the ones that are making they're they're like raping their talent. Essentially, they're like they're yeah. they're which he like harkens back to like the scene where his mom is being raped by eight men, um, and like that idea of rape or like using them for what you want is like an overarching Mm. theme of like, they're using him for his music. Um, they're giving them what they, he's giving them what they want. Um, and he thinks he's in control when he realizes he isn't, it leads to him stabbing, um, Toledo in the back. But right before that, the producer says, you know what? We I'll just for your trouble, I'll pay you five bucks. Like I'll give you $5 per song. You wrote a couple songs, I'll give you five bucks for each song. And, Mm -hmm. and just thanks for your contribution. It's not what we want. Um, and right after this scene where he stabs Toledo, we see that they have taken his music and an all white band has, has composed it and is ripping it off. Um, yeah. And so this, and idea it sounds so like, so unoriginal. And so like, they're playing it completely straight. They're not swinging it. Mm-hmm. They're not doing any, like none of the, like the unique things that his talent and his style would have brought to it. It's just like. It's it's the whole thing that happened with Elvis, because the reason that Elvis got so popular, and you know, Elvis great musician, nothing against him. I don't think that any of this was his fault necessarily, but the reason that he got so popular is because he was doing the kind of music that, at the time, was more done by African American groups that like it was taboo then for these to listen to that because you know we don't well we don't want none of that music in our house but then you get elvis presley this you know gorgeous southern white man who can do no wrong doing the exact same type of stuff boom skyrockets and becomes like i mean clearly much more famous than any of these other people that were his contemporaries and it's that same kind of thing here as soon as in the movie as soon as he hands him the um the charts that he's been writing i'm like oh well He's going to take that and do what he wants with it now. Right. And sure enough, we get that final scene with that, like, it's kind of haunting watching these guys do this very, like, basic rendition of this stuff that he's, like, it has no passion. Right. Nothing. It, has a, it has a conductor in the front conducting in a very square, square manner. Yeah, very, it's like, like John Williams yeah. directing yeah. a film score yeah. or yeah. something. Like, it's so weird. Right, right, right. Which, like, the overarching theme of, like, how deep that blues and jazz culture is within their community. And it's being like appropriated or taken by <clears throat> these other musicians that are white yeah. to, to make money or like that people, people like it, but they like it when it's, when it's the white band doing it, mm-hmm. um, which yeah, it's, it's super fascinating. I've got a really good podcast. If you ever want to listen to it on, cool. um, on some of those like African slave, like influences over, um, 
like American music and U.S. music, and they tie it in with like 1980s rock, which is really fun. Anyway, I'll, I'll send it to you. It's very good. It's a uh, yeah. part of the 1619 project. Um, 1619 project. Yep. 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 Very wow. cool. Well, um, anyway. what do you think of the Ma Rainey's Black Bottom project? Uh, I thought it was it was a really powerful way of <laughs> conveying a lot of things going on in U.S. society, and um, I think just like I walked away from from Just Mercy with a with a challenged and slightly more nuanced ideas of justice in the black community um and the history of that i think um or at least it 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 made me feel something on the inside that wasn't right and it made me want to go and and educate myself further because of the ways i felt about that i feel like i i feel a similar thing from from ma rainey um yeah also just phenomenal performances individually um yeah and everybody in this movie is not so good yeah it was it was super fantastic. I, I I think it was really great. I think it was moving and powerful, and I would recommend it um, to anybody, especially since it's an hour and a half. It's pretty pretty watchable. Yeah. Um, be prepared to feel things <clears throat> and question things, and um, yeah, I guess we kind of did all the big reveal spoilers. So someone should have already watched it anyway but yeah if you haven't go watch it it's uh very good um the music is really good too so yeah although as a trumpet player i will say i was slightly every single time they show a trumpet being played i'm like ah dang it that is incorrect fingering (laughs) for that note same thoughts (laughs) but uh like if anything like if you are a chadwick boseman fan uh has to be an essential watch i feel like he was oh my gosh yeah so maybe miss him yep uh yes or no Yes. 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 So that is three yeses across the show today. Fantastic. Three yeses across the show today. All right, Ben. It is time for Hey Ben, what you been watching? What you been looking at, listening to, checking out with your eyeballs and your ears, what? maybe smelling it too, tasting it with your mouth. Besides besides Touch it with you, your chin. Uh, <laughs> Touch it with your nose. Oh gosh. Rub your I, forehead on I the stuff. Some really See good, how far it goes. I sh- I've made some really good street tacos, if that's what you're getting at. Um, no, like what kind of media have you oh, been consuming oh, 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 lately? Well, I have a long I list, did, so you get, better get through yours. Um, what have I been doing? Um, we should do like a full episode on like season two of The Mandalorian to talk about that. I think that would be fun. Um, oh, yeah. Um, but watched, I finished up The Mandalorian. Um, oh, gosh, I feel like there was one that I was going to tell. Oh, I watched another James Bond movie. Um, this one was, I watched it with my father, which was fun because it came out when he was mm. in high school. I'm blanking on the name I of it. I watched it with my um, father. Is it? This James Bond no movie. I watched die. it with my father. James Bond movies. Uh, was it Doctor No? It was Live and Let Die. No, for your eyes, for your eyes only. Nineteen eighty-one. For your eyes um, only. Yeah, for your Classic eyes Bond. only. Um, it was it was super yeah. fun. Um, to watch with my father. He was like a big James Bond fan growing up. Um, so it was pretty fun to watch that and him be reminded of the plot as he was watching it. Cause yeah, it came out when he was like a freshman or sophomore in high school, I think. So, uh, yeah. it was 
super fun. It was a Roger Moore. It was my first Roger Moore Bond. Um, I think I really I like uh, watching. I like Roger Moore. I think I think he was kind of the older, more dapper, suave Bond, which was fun for me. Um, I I have a I have enjoyed watching different takes on Bond and analyzing what I think Bond is supposed to be like. Also, I should probably read a book or something. I should try reading some of the books just to see what I think yeah. of the literary Bond versus the the big screen Bond. But that was pretty fun. I am slowly working my way through trying to catch up um, for No Time to Die uh, later this year. So, yep. Presumably. Fingers crossed. Uh, that is what I've been up to, uh, enjoying my winter break, mostly sleeping in, not watching a lot, so it's been good. Uh, go ahead, Marshall. Mm. You have a long list. All right. Are you ready? Yes, sir. I watched uh, the rest of The Mandalorian. We'll talk about that sometime. Mm-hmm. I watched Red Dragon. It is the, uh, it's the. a sequel to Silence of the Lambs, but it actually is a, a, a prequel that takes oh. place immediately before Silence of the oh. Lambs. Um, I liked it a lot. I don't remember who directed it, but I had a, I, I don't know if I liked it more than Silence of the Lambs necessarily, but I think it was a worthy um, sequel. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I just love uh, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Uh, I watched Basic Instinct. My goodness, um, that uh, it's much more rated R than I realized. I I only knew about that one famous scene with Charlize Theron when they're interrogating her. Instinct, you know the the all time classic. Well, but no, uh, I don't know if I do, it was oh. a bit. It was a lot more than I expected. Wow, it's a great neo noir thriller though for uh-huh. what it is. Okay. Um, it's, a it's a very it's a hard R though. Hard so R. watch out anyone who wants to hop into that one. Yeah, I watched watch Being John your, Malkovich, a very strange Spike Jones movie. Um, I I don't know that I have much more to say about it. It's fun. It's weird. I don't, I don't know if it's fun. It's very weird. Okay. It's Spike Jones. It's weird. Yeah. Sure. Um, I watched Gran Torino. Did I you? love Clint Eastwood. I love him acting. I love have him directing, and I think this is. Really good. I think his best is still on un, un, uh, Unbroken. What is it? Unbroken? Un, uh, unforgiven. Uh, uh, no, unbro- Unbroken. It's Unforgiven. Unforgiven. Okay. Yeah, where he's the... We'll talk about it later. It's okay, a great movie. It's fine, it's fine. Um, but yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah, I watched Ready or Not, which is a, a more or less recent horror comedy. Was that any it's good? this family that uh, if you marry into this family, you, the ritual is at midnight. You on the the night you have to play a game I and you draw like a card it could be any game it could be checkers chess like shoots yeah. and ladders whatever yeah and if you get hide and seek though you think it's hide and seek but actually it means that the rest of the family has to try to hunt you down and kill you no before spoilers, sunrise please. or no they spoilers. believe they will all die oh my via gosh. this oh. malevolent force okay wow well I've, i feel like i remember critically that it did okay was it pretty good i it's super good oh good yeah. is, this, is it emma stone no, it's one of the women that looks like Margot Robbie. There's like four of them. Uh, Samara uh, Weaver. Who is it? I think she's much more attractive than Margot Robbie, in my uh, opinion. What is um, What's her name? Ready or Not is what it's called. Oh, it's Samara Weaving. Why, does, why did they all look the same? That is a good point. I don't know. There's like three other women that look a lot like them. That's um, I watched. I started. I watched a movie called Prospect with Pedro Pascal. Um, a little indie movie uh, that is a sci-fi movie, which is why I thought of this earlier. It's an indie sci-fi movie okay. that I would suggest. It's a small story. It's a very unique story, and I think it's interesting. Um, I don't know that I want to tell you much more than that. It's on Netflix, Prospect okay. with okay. Pedro Pascal. Okay, I'll check it out. Uh, 
I started rewatching Young Justice on HBO Max. It's the basically it could be called a Teen Titans reboot of sorts. Okay. Uh, I think it's much better than Teen Titans. The animation is incredible. The stories are like fantastic from the start. Um, and I'm a huge, huge fan of it. It got revived for season three on DC Universe, which is the DC streaming site, which is now defunct because no one liked it and they kept canceling all their best shows because mm-hmm. DC is a bunch of idiots on the film side of things. They don't know what they're doing. Preach, bro. Um, so now all of their shows that have succeeded up to this point have moved over to HBO Max. So that season three happened and I want to watch season three, So, but I don't remember what happened at all up to this point. So I'm rewatching it. I I'm on the last episode of season one. I started yesterday. Um, I didn't do much yesterday. I'm impressed. Besides, I I was basically sleeping until I texted you no. or later. I don't know. Wow. Um, Impressive. But yeah, and I've been reading a comic book called Department of Truth, that is insanely good. Everyone should read it. It's fascinating. It has to do with conspiracy theories and. That's all I want to tell you. Like, you need to go into this book blind. It's incredible. I suggested it to um, one of the guys that works with me mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. and he read it. He read the first four issues all during uh, the during shift when there was downtime. Nice. I was like, you just check out the first one and see if you like and it. He and immediately, hooked. he gets to the last page, and, he was like, and it's like, give me another. <laughs> I'm hooked. I'm in. So he read all of it that exists after that. Wow, he had that's to buy all the issues. That's fantastic. It's so good. Cool. Huh. Um, and finally... I rewatched Superman 78 recently, which I love this movie. I greatly adore this movie. And that leads into, I want you to tell everybody, I want to tell everybody, next episode, we are going to be watching Superman the movie from 1978, as well as Superman 2. But an important clarification, we are not going to be watching the original cut of Superman 2. What? We are watching the Donner cut. And we'll get more into it it's like the in party. however many weeks. Actually, not. Oh. In fact, Dang no it. cannibalism involved. No cannibalism well, for this movie I'm, of Superman. Why am I even on this podcast? Um, yeah. Basically, the difference there is that uh, they they filmed these two movies concurrently. And it was like one of the first times that ever happened. But when they started doing Superman 2, they got unhappy with Richard Donner. The producer started to not like him. And they got rid of him. They took somebody else to come in and make the movie. So then in like 2007, they re- finally released his cut of the movie. And it's like way better. The ending is completely different. Wow. So on and so forth. So they um, had like rap, you can pro- find they had it rap production on the second one? What are you one? saying? Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, they had rap production on the second one and then they went in and refilmed with somebody else? No. So oh. they had all, I don't know. I don't really understand it. I'm going to do more research. And I've got the Blu-rays, and I'll watch all kinds of behind-the-scenes stuff, and okay, it'll cool. make more sense. Okay, cool, 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 cool. But uh, I've actually got my 4K ultra-high-def uh, HDR Superman 78 on the bed over there. I'm so excited hooray, to watch it. Hooray, hooray. I just messaged Ian to be like, "Give me my Xbox back so I can watch this." Dude, so, I've been meaning uh, to get a, I've been meaning to get a 4K, 4K DVD player. So maybe I'll just pop on that finally and use this as an excuse and bring it over. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Um. But yeah, you can find that on streaming on Amazon. You can rent it on Amazon for like three bucks. Nice. Uh, it's highly worth it. And Superman 78 is streaming on HBO Max at the moment. So if you have HBO Max, it's there. Um, if you don't, you can find it on Amazon as well to rent. Cool. Uh, fantastic movies. Watch them, and then we'll talk about them next week, and you can listen to our thoughts. It'll be yeah. a great time. Yeah. Um, And that's what I have to say. Ben? Yes? 
Uh, the people. They can reach the show. They can reach me at mparish underscore art on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. The Great Scub Do on Twitch and YouTube. Uh, hoping to get back to that eventually. Been kind of busy lately, but we want to get back to that. Ben and Marshall do a podcast on Instagram. You can talk to the show, get in contact with us there, as well as benandmarshallpod at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to email us, that is where you can find that. Also, uh, if you are able, we'd love it if you could leave a review on iTunes, on Stitcher, whatever you're listening it's to. So leave easy. us a short Just review. Just hit the five stars. It's so easy. Five-star review. Just hit it. And maybe we'll, uh, we'll read it on the show. Message us. Tell us you did it, and we'll read it on the show. Um, and, you know, word of mouth is the best form of marketing. So if you have someone in your life you think they would enjoy the show, you don't think they would enjoy the show, tell them about it, force them to listen to it, bring them in. Uh, you can have them start in the new era, start at episode 16. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, it's great. It is the best way to grow a show is just by word of mouth. That so, can't be true. There has to be statistically better ways to grow a show than word of mouth. Oh, no. Like, proven scientifically, word of mouth is the Ooh. most effective really? um, huh. form of uh, advertisement. Yeah. Huh. Wow. People are a thousand times more likely to pick something up off of the recommendation of a friend than they are off of any kind of advertisement. Wow. Interesting. It's really interesting, actually, looking at all the uh, the science there. But that's all the information about the show. Yep. Thank you for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed. Uh, tell somebody. Leave a review. Watch Superman and, the, and Superman the Donner Cut specifically. If you watch the wrong one, you're going to be confused when we talk about the ending because there's not going to be any throwing of a cellophane S off of Superman's chest. Uh, and that's been the show I've been Marshall and I've marshaled Ben peace out Girl Scout peace your Girl Scouts peace them out peace out you peace out if you're in Canada okay bye